Welcome to the Asking Why podcast, episode 44. I'm your host, Clint Davis. I want to talk today a little bit about a subject that doesn't get covered much. I was asked by a couple people to talk about this, and I figured, why not? It's a tough topic because it's vast and nuanced, but I'm going to do my best today to describe the process I see clients go through and what other like-minded clinicians and theologians kind of propose. Many of us go through this process. Uh, Many of us go through it multiple times. One of the realities of life is that everyone at some point is going to go through this journey, and I want to make sense of it today because I think a lot of us get really confused and bogged down not knowing what's happened. The concept is called the dark night of the soul. Many philosophers and theologians have written about it, and I'm going to do my best today to try to win back our souls from the darkness a little bit. This is a term that describes what some call a collapse of your perception of the meaning of life. So something happens in your life that gives you a deep sense of meaningliness. Meaninglessness. Your state of being and internal thoughts become dark and empty. In some cases, it would run really close to what we would call clinical depression, although I don't think that's exactly what it is. It can lead to deep depression, but the journey is a bit different. The season makes you feel like nothing makes sense anymore, and there's no purpose in what you're doing. Some call it the journey through the wall, and others the journey through the depths. It can be triggered inside of us by an external event, a disaster, or a death, a premature death, or something that shocks our nervous system to its core. We have these walls built up, and belief systems formed, and coping skills prepared, and bam, it's all shattered. It tears apart the meaning you have given to your life, your activities, your achievements, where where you're going in life, which you've considered important. And all the meaning is kind of sucked out of your life as it feels like a full-scale collapse. I'm doing this podcast because I think a failure to understand and ask why can lead to a life of misery and brokenness that is unnecessary. So many people I see give people solutions, good and bad, that don't answer the foundational truth of why this happened and what am I going to do to face it. For me, it brings to mind the great wave of Kanagawa. It's this Japanese art that I like, and most of us have seen it. Um, It's this tsunami that's crashing over these tiny wooden boats in its wake. Now, the artist himself says that it's most likely a rogue wave instead of a tsunami. And I like to think of the dark night of the soul in this way. It's it's not an overwhelming, you know, one-time tsunami, but a, a rogue experience that surprises us and our way of life in a way that recovery is really hard fault, but possible. This wave feels like a tsunami that will devastate and destroy everything you've known and hold dear. But in reality, if we work through it, it will wash away all the noise and leave a new and clean you in its wake. Life is to be seen as a journey from a Christian perspective. And we have many biblical stories that tell us this. If we look at Abraham or Moses or Isaac or David and many more key figures in the Bible, they're sent on a task that will forever change their perspective of themselves others, and God. What they thought they would learn and discover ends up being drastically different at the end. Many of us have these experiences. I know for me, marriage and parenting have been journeys that have been a lot more difficult and painful than I ever thought, but they've shaped me into a much better person and brought me even closer to Jesus. In all the biblical stories where a journey is pursued, there's a moment where great despair and darkness comes, a moment where who God was gets put in question and doubt and fear crash down. Darkness overwhelms the characters. Like many of us, the people of Scripture had their lives built around philosophies and ideas that were lies, these straw men structures that would, would not hold under great pressure. 
but God comes in and rewrites that story and shows up again and time and time again to show who he is. This is seen most clearly in the journey that Jesus called the twelve on, the disciples, during the New Testament. They all thought Jesus was coming. They thought he was coming in to overthrow Rome. They thought he was going to use power and force to rescue their people, and that freedom would be found in the world being under their foot, right? The Israelites were going to be back on top in power. And we watch them, we watch the disciples as their worlds get rocked and their perspectives shift over and over and over again. Many of them meet the wall or the dark night many times. They wanted to give up or run away, and some did at times. Peter's a great example that I love. Um, you know, he thought he could love God unconditionally. He was always boasting and, and saying, I got this, and, and I'm going to be the first one, and I'll never doubt you, and, you know, I'll never deny you. His strength and his zeal and his charisma, you know, they were based on his ego and his pride. Now, I think these were gifts from the Lord that hadn't been refined quite yet. And even, even after all the time with Jesus and walking with him, like many of us, when the guards came to arrest Christ in the garden, Peter pulls his sword out and, and cuts off one of the guards' ears. And Jesus kind of calmly heals the man and tells Peter, basically, he still doesn't get it. He's still working on a bad understanding, but his dark night is coming. It comes after Jesus dies and Peter He's a wreck, and the disciples are lost, and they're running around not knowing what to do, and they all kind of hit the real dark night of the soul. Peter goes on to deny Christ three times, and it brings such despair and hopelessness and fear. By the grace of God and upon the sight of resurrection, Peter finally realizes that humility is the key, that he cannot love Jesus the way that Jesus loves him. And he begins to integrate this, into his life. And, and Jesus says, you know, earlier on that Peter is going to be this rock that Jesus builds his church on. And it, it if we want to be the rocks in our communities and in, in our families, then we have to be humble in the same way that Peter was humble, realizing where our place is and where our perspective is. Jesus comes to Peter and he says, do you love me? And Peter responds finally that he does, but he responds in a way that lets Jesus know that he gets it, right? That he he finally understands that he cannot love Jesus in the way that Jesus loves him. And so this is what the dark night can bring. It can bring clarity and integration and healing and authenticity in a way that we learn to see ourselves and God in the correct posture and position. Now, Judas is the example of the one who could never integrate, right? He couldn't figure out these false beliefs that he had about Rome and about power and about ego and about who Jesus was going to come and be. And he got lost in the dark night on the journey to peace. He would not allow these new narratives to set in that Jesus was trying to teach him. He couldn't comprehend how Jesus was going to die on a cross and give himself up right to the very ones that he was sent to overthrow. So he became a traitor to the one who died for him. This lack of integration and pride ultimately led to a suicide and his death. So as I contemplate this, I ask, who are we? How, how are we dealing with these, these dark nights that we hit? When we have these narratives built and these ideas built, are, are we going to be Peter or are we going to be Judas? In our darkest nights, are we wrestling with our trust in God and his plan for us? Have we set up dreams and idols about parenting and marriage 
and how they're going to be, only to be met with pain and suffering so sharp that it's got us reeling and confused. Did we plan on having a physically healthy body that's been riddled with cancer or a deformity or a dysfunction? Did we think that we would have success in the world in a career where we would be known by many and loved by all only to have our jobs lost or our futures dismantled due to COVID or other mistakes or things outside of our control? When we look back on our past and all of our traumas, does that put into question God's goodness or love for us? Have we become the center of our stories? And so therefore, when the world acts like the world, it leads us down the dark road of despair and hopelessness. I've seen many people in my office who are stuck not knowing how to move on when life has revealed or destroyed the false narratives about their family of origins, their sexual abuse history, their addictions, their trauma. We tend to run harder back to the things that are comfortable, even though those things might be killing us. Instead of doing the hard work of rewriting a new story with God's plan and our identity in Christ being the foundation. Usually we want to heal, but we don't know how, and we have no one to guide us in and through this darkness. So I hope this podcast, I take a few minutes to kind of, if you feel yourself in despair and up against the wall, you know, I want to shine a speck of light for you and show you the way, or at least one way. I'm going to go through some stages that I took from Janet Hagberg and Robert Gulich and Peter Cesaro. They do some work on the dark night of the soul, the soul and, um, and so I'm going to take you through some of the adapted stages that I kind of add in my own little flavor to. It's important to know the stages of faith that this journey through the wall takes us through because you, you want to know where you're at in this and what the next steps are and what to look forward to or what to kind of hold on tight to. Stage one is a life-changing awareness of God. This is where we become aware of Christ and the reality of which he is real. We realize we need his mercy and bring to bring us through this kind of hero's journey that we, we have figured that we're lost. We're fi- you know, we found out that we're, we're hurting and that we, we have sin and we have brokenness and we know we need Jesus to walk us through this. Stage two is discipleship. This is where we learn about what it means to be a follower of the way. We become a part of a Christian community and grow in the roots of our faith. So we, we spend time connected with others. We, we open up. We confess our sins. We do these things. And I, I feel like a lot of our culture is stuck in, in this stage. And because we never really form this stage up well and we never really make the stories of the Bible fit with our lives and, and we never really have deep, rich community, right? We, we just stay there in stage two. Stage three is the active life. We get involved in community. We actively work for God, serving Him and His people. We take responsibility by bringing our gifts and unique talents to bear to serve Christ and others. And so you can see, like, awareness in God and knowing that He's Savior and knowing that Jesus has come and died, that's great, and that does bring salvation, but sanctification moves you into discipleship and moves you into an active lifestyle. Or the wall comes in as stage four, right? So we, we have these beliefs built up. We know who Jesus is. We have these concepts of relationships. We've tried to serve. We've tried to be active. We've tried to do all the things that we think, but something's missing. And so we have this journey inward. And we realize that hitting the wall and the, and the, the journey inward are together, right? We hit the wall or the dark night of the soul. And so it compels us to look inward at our beliefs 
and search these foundations to find the cracks so we can repair them. In some cases, the journey we take for inward growth and insight and perspective, they, uh, they bring us to the night or the wall, right? So we, we might be in stage one, you know, know we need Jesus. We might be doing some discipleship. We might be out there serving and something happens in life where we go, man, I need to figure out what I actually believe about that. I thought I was saved. I thought I was doing the right things. I thought I was, you know, in a, in a safe, secure community, but maybe not. So then we start to dig and we're in therapy and we're working through some things and we realize, man, we have shoved some things down for years. And then that brings up some depression and anxiety and this, this feeling of lostness and we don't know our place and we don't know where we stand and we're confused. And so a lot of people don't face it because they don't want to deal with that. We want things to be peaceful and content and we don't want to struggle and we don't want to be in despair and we don't want to go through the, the wall or the dark night. We want to pretend like that's for other people and maybe we can just, you know, get through this and, and be okay. But the reality is, is that we have to face it. It's important to remember that God is the one bringing us there. He's the one who wants us to learn or unlearn something so that we can be free to be who we are called to be. Because he's with us in the darkness and he will never leave us until we make it to the other side. Stage five is the, the journey outward, right? So we have this despair. We have this dark night of the soul. And maybe you've been there or maybe you're there now. But when you get on the other side of it, which you can do, right? As we pass through this, what we call crisis of faith and this intense work of spirituality, we begin to reach back out and find purpose and meaning again. We may do some of the same activities or do have some of the same relationships, but they forever look different because we're different. We've discovered God's deep and profound grace and mercy. We've learned that his love is scandalous and reckless at times, and even, dare I say, irrational compared to the foundations that were built by our parents or our culture or even ourselves. Stage six is what Cesaro calls transformed into love. God will continually send events, people, circumstances, podcasts, books, movies, whatever, into our lives to keep us moving forward on the journey. God is going to complete the works he began in us, as Scripture tells us. And we realize that grace and love is truly the beginning and the end of all of our stories. God's perfect love, as in John 4.18, 1 John, it drives out fear. We begin to see that the entirety of our spiritual life is about humility, surrender, and trusting in God's good and perfect will for our lives. Now, again, these stages are not linear. It's, it, you know, it's not, it's kind of like the stages of grief. It's, you're going to be somewhere on them at some point, and then maybe you hit the wall again with a new belief or a new structure, a new system. Maybe you realize something about your parents or your, your dreams, or your goals that weren't centered on who God really is and who you are and who's, who's this life about. And so you cycle back through it, right? You realize you need Jesus again and again and again. The closer you get to him, Right? Some people look at sanctification and they go, okay, here's, here's the beginning uh, is, is nothing, and then the end is being like Jesus as a Christian. And so somebody might ask, where's Paul? And they may say, oh, well, he's really close to Jesus. And, and the reality is, no, he's right past zero. Because as we get closer to Jesus, as we make it through more dark nights and more processes of deconstructing and understanding who Christ is and our pain— 
the, the more glorious and amazing and graceful he is and the farther away he is. Now, that doesn't bring us back to despair, right? That brings us through the wall to get perspective to go, no, he's good. He's great. He loves me, not because I can do anything and not because I can lose anything, but because of who he says I am. And so that allows us to move through the darkness and through the wall. But that journey is tough because we have to constantly die to ourselves and peel back the layers and you know, the words for sanctifying in, in the Bible are pruning and sharpening, and um, and those things are painful, right? Refining, it's burning. Sharpening is rubbing something together until pieces fall off, and pruning is literally clipping things off of you. And so when we're in the dark night of the soul, when we're in that despair, that struggle, trying to figure out who we are and who God is and how do we fit in this world and what's our purpose, those things are being refined, You know, I'm not sure what stage, or I guess it's better to say season, you find yourself in, but understanding these stages and that there are some, I hope, help you um, have some hope. Uh, Though the seasons of life may change, God's love stays the same. These stages are really more seasons. Like I said earlier, the seasons of life happen happen to us more than we control them. They're going to come regardless if we want them to or not. And so does the dark night of the soul. It's coming, it, or has come, or will come, even if we want control, even if we want to withdraw from everything and everyone. Your negative coping skills, our intelligence, our philosophies cannot change the fact that we will suffer in life. Life is going to happen. Pain is a lesson we will learn, if we haven't already, many times over. One day, something's going to knock you off your feet or knock me off my feet or our kids or our wife or our husband, and we're going to find ourselves lost and in the darkness. The question is, are we going to make it through the wall to the other side? Or are we going to make it through the darkness to the light? And I'm here to encourage you that you can and you will if you lean into the truth and the roots of the gospel of Jesus. If you build up a community of people around you who have already made it through the journey and are willing to walk with you and talk with you through this to the other side. Find people who can be vulnerable and share their stories and their testimonies of what God did, the addictions they overcame, the depression they've made it through. Because when we're in this spot, we think we're the only ones. We think we're uniquely broken and that no one has ever felt the way that we, uh, you know, we feel. No one's ever watched the things online that we've watched. Nobody's ever cheated on their spouse the way we have. Nobody's ever lost their temper in the way that we have. And if anybody saw that, that in our lives, they'd be ashamed and they would reject us and abandon us. So you may be going through divorce. You may be going through the death of a loved one or betrayal or a broken dream. A desire to be married that does not come to pass. The inability to have a child or the loss of one. You may be searching for God to point you to a purpose or a career that will fill you with meaning. You may not feel God's presence right now or his peace right now. This might be the wall or the dark night. I know personally I've hit a couple of walls myself over the years. um, as, As recent in the last two years. You know, I'm still kind of coming out of it. And every once in a while, it tries to creep up every now and then. But for me, fortunately, and by the grace of God, I have a framework and a belief. And now the skills through therapy and through friends and through seeking help, right, that continues to allow me to keep the proper perspectives. 
I built a network of believers and a network of neuropathways that, that keep me pressing on when the waves crash and the lights go dim. The Word of God and the truth of Jesus are a lamp and a light for me and can be for you. I believe that you can get through this dark night of the soul. It's not on us or on our strength. Sometimes people say that you know when you get to the end of your rope, Christ is there. And I'd say you have to wake up knowing you start at the end of your rope. Without Jesus in the beginning of our day and at the end of our day and every moment in between, we are dead in the water. We have no power, no strength, or no hope without this truth of the resurrected King. If you want to get out of the darkness, you can. I pray that you'll take this time to dive deep into your family of origin or into your traumas that life's cause and find out what are your true beliefs. Push past your feelings and behavior modification, how you're going to change this action or that action. You're going to have to deconstruct false teachings and beliefs that you've been so confused and overwhelmed by. Find out what your true beliefs about God, about others, and about yourself are. Somewhere in the past, you've been bound with lies that have chained you up. And whatever struggle you're going through, God is trying to draw you to freedom. So you must give up whatever you're white-knuckling and terrified to let go of. A lot of our things that we hold on to are these coping skills that helped us survive horrible, terrible things, and they become our best friends, and we just do not want to give them up. We think we have to have them. And we find ourselves in new relationships and new jobs and new careers and new churches and new ministries using the same coping skills, the same brokenness that got us through the brokenness before. And we keep ourselves bound thinking we have to keep doing those things. But God is asking you to give them to Him, to lay them at the cross and to rewrite your script, to retell your story and break the wall down. He's calling you not only to see the light, but to eventually be the light for others walking in darkness. It's not enough just to heal and go to therapy and find this truth or receive this grace or accept this gospel and know it's true and then sit on it. Because ultimately the story, it's, it's two truths. One, it's deeply about us and how much God loves us and how unique we are and how special we are and how worthy we are because of Jesus. And the other is, everything has nothing to do with us. Our pain and our past and our traumas, they say nothing about our worth and value because of who Jesus is and because of what he did. And so I want to remind us, last thing, none of this works outside of relationship and discipleship. We must be able to face the storms, the darkness, or the walls with others who have made it to the other side. And so I pray and I beg that if you're out there listening to this and you're listening to the podcast and you listen to other episodes and you're listening to other things, that if you're struggling, you're in the dark and you're trying to figure out life and parenting and marriage and you feel lost and hopeless, hang tight. Stay strong. Lean into someone else. Confess your sins. Confess your struggles. Be honest. Find someone who can listen because... It's by sharing and opening up and listening, you'll find that you're not alone. You're not uniquely broken. You, Other people have gone through what you're going through. 
maybe not the exact story, but they know the pain, they know the grief, they know the fear, they know the anxiety. They've sinned in the way that you've sinned. They've been selfish. They've done whatever it is where they've had that happen to them. But again, all of that, all of those things that have happened in the past or that are happening currently, they don't say anything about your worth and value or your security in God's care. You are loved. You are secure. And there are people in the world who believe that and who want the Holy Spirit to work through them and see a miracle happen in your life. I hope today was helpful. I hope this this time together, it just stirs some some hope in you and some some desire to make it through because we need you. The world needs you. I've had a lot of death in our community, a lot of suicide this year, a lot of pain, a lot of brokenness in relationships and churches and conflict between people. If you look at our political world, you know, the way that it's going, it's it's causes all this division. But we have way more in the body of Christ that unites us than divides us. Thank you guys. Have a good day. God bless.